Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus, where we discuss marital and family relationships. I'm your host, Gary Moore. Well, last week, we began our look at intimacy and marriage. Today, we're going to continue our journey as we look at the specifics of intimacy and the four marriages within a marriage. In Marriage One, Dr. Augsburger says that intimacy is codependent. Sometimes I feel so close to you. I can't explain why it happens when it does, but something brings us together. These moments of intense intimacy are a kind of serendipity. Maybe something you say or do brings back the memory of a special moment, and then I feel like the two of us are one. It is the bonding of two codependent persons, both believing themselves to be independent. But their moments of intense togetherness are events they cannot share intentionally. Happiness happens. Intimate moments break upon them when the moment is right, when the circumstances are perfect, and the mood is congenial. This view of intimacy is dependent on all going well and everything coming together. And because of this, it's very unpredictable and there is no certainty of intimacy happening tomorrow. Codependent intimacy may have great intensity in its moments of union, but it carries within itself the constant threat of distance and coldness. So both parties walk on eggs denying the signs of tension and hoping for the mutual vibrations that will signal their togetherness. In such bonding, intimacy is this mysterious affair of unexplainable and unpredictable emotional warmth that sweeps the two along. In this dependent period, we feel intimate when our expectations are fulfilled. We feel close when our dreams are being confirmed. We feel most close when the dream appears to be coming true for us. But all of these are intimacies based on having, not being, on achieving externals, not celebrating internal worth. The codependence is self-destructive. Eventually, one or both must make a move toward regaining the identity sacrificed in this too easy solution of being enmeshed in each other. And when that first move happens, the two are springboarded into another marriage. The old intimacy begins to break up. It still returns intermittently, but only to be interrupted again and again. In marriage, too, intimacy is intermittent. Sure, we have some really good moments, but the struggle to work out equality is so difficult that the times when we understand each other and really get together are touch and go. Intimacy is precarious during the second marriage. Both are struggling for equality. Each person seems to be pressing for his or her own place in the sun, and neither feels free to move closely for the intimacy they need. The two may be acting independent, but in many ways they are reacting as dependent persons. They see themselves as independent, but Dr. Osberger says they are really counterdependent. That is, each counters every move toward the old, easy intimacy of early marriage by pressing toward a separate sense of self. It's at this time that conflict intimacy begins to develop. Even though common sense tells us that these two words are contradictory, conflict can connect people deeply. The struggle to define an independent self pushes each toward sharper positions of autonomy. 
When he feels more respect for her ability to take a clear position, he finds surprisingly a new depth to their meeting. When she sees his new firmness and self-definition, she feels a greater security in their moments of closeness. There is a clarity of understanding between people who have tested each other's mettle and found themselves and their opponent trustworthy. Dr. Augsburger says that when we have fought with each other, we may truly come to know each other. During this marriage, going back and forth between the extremes of separation and togetherness becomes more rapid. It happens more quickly and more often. Sonia Nevis describes it as an impossible situation. Here's what she says. The moment I get the separateness I want, I'm furious about it. The minute I get the combining I want, I'm stifled by it. So I keep swinging between the two. I can settle somewhere in the middle, but settling doesn't feel so good either. This is not the same in friendship. The distance that exists in friendship gives me everything I need. The situation in marriage is not the same. I love you, we say, and we hug tight. We want to stay attached to the other person, but we can't tolerate that. Marriage opens us up to loving too much, and we have to love moderately. If we love to our full capacity, we set up an impossible situation. Hmm, interesting to think about. Loving too much, Dr. Augsburger says, leads to absorption, possessiveness, jealousy, servitude, and a host of other abuses of self and other. Loving too little leads people down diverging paths toward apathy, coexistence, and estrangement. Love and intimacy must discover a joining of fully separate selves, a blending of separate and distinct worlds. As this emerges from the ruins of the old merger, a third kind of marital intimacy begins. In marriage three, intimacy is integrative. It's hard to explain, but I used to feel overwhelmed when we were really close. There was too much togetherness. We could be close for a while, but then I needed to come up for air. Now it's like we've broken through to a new level of togetherness that doesn't threaten our separateness. As each has moved beyond the struggle to be separate and has clearly identified who they are, the two find a new freedom to move close again, to begin blending needs and wants. Maturity is measured by the freedom to both act independently and to relate dependently. Although we rarely express it that tersely, the ability to be both dependent and independent at appropriate times and ways is one of the marks of a fully functional person. This mutual give and take between two is what is called interdependence. Even though each is able to act autonomously, both prefer mutuality. Each can choose responsibility, both prefer to choose responsibility. Each is a fully functional alone person, but both prefer to share life together. Separateness and connectedness are now brought into balance, the balance of mutual intimacy. In marriage four, the two are becoming authentic intimates. One night, as we were out walking, we looked at each other and asked how long we had been together. Well, it had been 25 years. We knew that all along, but now we knew it in a deep sense of having lived those years deeply together. We laughed as we said, I guess we're survivors. The trial period is over. We fit together now. Being is more important than doing or having. Becoming is more exciting and nourishing than settling into consistent patterns of who I always was 
am, will be as a person or a partner. One learns to live with fewer and fewer defenses. Why defend what I'm willing to revise and renegotiate? One risks living a more open-ended life together. I felt a sense of calm, of being at peace with each other as well as with myself. It's a peace that has always been a part of our love, but now it is woven throughout our intimacy in an unexplainable way. When we are fully together on things, it just feels right. And when we differ or disagree, it is all right too. I know we are both free to flow with life, to change and grow, so it's okay. Maturity is the recognition that life and love and I and you are paradoxical puzzles worth savoring, not solving. There are many different kinds of intimacy in a growing relationship. Dr. Augsburger identifies five basic forms of intimacy in marriage. They are emotional, intellectual, aesthetic, physical, and spiritual. First, emotional intimacy. Two people are emotionally intimate when they both share similar feelings at the same time. The more completely mutual the meeting of feelings, the greater the emotional intimacy. The most important conditions for emotional intimacy are one that we do not need to apologize for, justify, or defend our feelings. Two, that we appreciate each other's feeling world and support his right to feel as he does, her right to experience her own emotions. Second, intellectual intimacy. Two persons feel intimately understood when each can see what the other sees and can interpret the data in shared ways. Then each feels deeply understood and each is fulfilled by being understanding of the other, mutual understanding. Third, aesthetic intimacy. Beauty can bring people together at a deep level of resonance and empathetic wantness. The mutual appreciation of the aesthetically beautiful music, art, poetry, and nature, liturgy, wonder, and awe are all connective experiences, intimate experiences. Fourth, physical intimacy. Intimacy is the commonly used euphemism for sexual contact. Authentic sexual intimacy occurs when two people express a closeness, openness, and genuineness with their bodies that reflects what is true of their lives within the marriage covenant. Fifth, spiritual intimacy. We can grow together on the most profound level by sharing our spiritual journeys with each other. Our worlds of faith, values, life meaning, life goals, motivation to love and serve can be both shared and separate. In maturity, we welcome the solitude before God without fleeing the aloneness, and we share our solitudes without fear of being controlled or rejected. We can be truly with each other before God. In our cultural, sexual intimacy is seen as the fundamental, the central, and the most crucial of all the intimacies. The mystical, physical union of a husband and wife, as uniquely designed by God at creation, is the most intimate of experiences. And yet, marital intimacy is much more than just a physical union. And as many other aspects of our relationship that we have been looking at over the past weeks, intimacy looks and is experienced differently in each of the four marriages within a marriage. Join me next week as we begin to look at meaning and hope in each of the four marriages within a marriage. 
Well, it's really been good to be with you today. I hope this uh, discussion on these intimacies and the four marriages within a marriage has been very powerful for you. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.